Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Oh, Rick and Morty. Can we recap Rick and Morty? I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to recap Rick and Morty. Instead of the preacher. Even though I so, so, so much enjoyed preacher tonight. And almost found it just incomprehensible. But enjoyable. Rick and Morty is on. Are, are are we recording? We are in fact recording. Oh, okay. We'll talk about Rick and Morty. This first episode of season two. We're not talking about Rick and Morty. We're talking about Preacher. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And we are reviewing Preacher. This is Apocalypse Now, which yes. we which we record for Sci Fi for Me and Good Horror for, for Me. me. And um, for those of you who have followed us since we started off with, well, we started off reviewing Walking Dead way back mm-hmm. when as written reviews, and then we trans- went right. to video reviews for a while, and now we're on podcasts. Um, and the Walking Dead shows are off the air. For yes, now. for now. For now. They're, we they're have a momentary now. respite. Uh, and we are we are thankful, especially when it comes to uh, Fear, Fear the, Walk- the Walking Dead yeah. until August. But uh-huh. we um, last, two weeks ago, actually, two was the first episode of Preacher. We, we actually put our first episode review up last week because we right. try and do this every week. Um, but we're back on our regular schedule going forward, and it is the second episode of Preacher. Yes. And. Which I don't understand why they did that. It doesn't make any sense. Premiere. Why not Why not give us a break? Let us, like, take a deep breath and be like, okay, just the worst show on television just ended. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's the worst show on television. Well, that's. that's it's the worst show that you and I were watching. Right. On television. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is over. Yeah. Let's let's maybe play, like, you know, a a movie for a couple of weeks. Let's put on let's let's put on uh, let's put on Heidi, Heidi, and then the next week we'll watch Independence Day because duh. Sure, and sure, then, of course. And then start Preacher, where it's the run can be full run. Instead yeah, of, it was rather strange, but um, but whatever. But at the same time, uh, um, we are in the second episode, and I really enjoyed myself oh, today. Just yes. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if I can tell you at all what happened. Like the first episode, we missed twenty minutes of the ninety minutes. Right. And Although, I, if you heard our if you heard a review, I did go back and fill it in for you folks. So. Oh, kind of. I couldn't, so I couldn't tell you exactly what's going on. This episode, we watched the whole thing. And I still don't know if I can tell you what happened, but it was just such a much better way than than anything we normally do on the show. <laughs> so well, I have to say that that uh, as we as we mentioned on the first review episode, I have read the comic book, right? And not, and Dustin has not. So, so basically, you're coming in with fresh eyes, and I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing I'm Dewey and new. I'm I'm seeing stuff that is both. Um, very familiar and very different because they have taken um, a very interesting route here because this is not exactly the same as the comic. They are they are they have departed quite a bit already. 
from the comic. Oh, okay. So, but um, I mean, how how all of these characters have interacted at this point is is very different than what yeah. uh, it, it played out there. Can I just stop you for a second? Yeah. Okay, so on the TV on mute is uh-huh, yeah. season two, episode one of Rick and Morty. Uh huh. And the last time in this episode where they keep fracturing into different realities, mm-hmm. and the last time I saw this episode, I was so altered. I'll just say <laughs> altered that every time that the show was flat fractured into a new reality. I felt like I was fracturing into a new reality. Oh, okay. And all I could do was sit there and, and say, every time that it happened, I just go, Oh, again. And it was, it was amazing. And I'm just remembering that. And I know that, that this is a family show and I know that, you know, probably well, Rick and Morty is closer to a family. show. Yeah. Preacher is not a family show. Yeah, so just, you know, just thought I'd mention that since it was on the TV at this very second. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? I don't remember. <laughs> Rick and Morty is a lot of fun, and we are not currently reviewing Rick and Morty. Although, it's, oddly enough, we, I don't think we are reviewing Rick and Morty on, on really? Sci-Fi for Me at all. That may be something we have to come around to, to do, because I don't think anybody's covering it right now. That would be so much fun. Yeah. I would love that. We'll have to take a look at that. Um... Yeah, because we've got a bunch. We've got oh goodness, we've got a bunch of different sci-fi for me podcasts. We only have the one horror for me podcast. That's yeah. this one, and this this sort of carries a, a lot of stuff. But in any event, um, the uh, so many new things, so, so many, many new old things, old and new things are happening on the preacher that I don't know about. But right. Well, there's that. a couple. There's a couple of there's a couple of things that they hinted at really strongly here tonight. Okay. The first is is that we have the flashback to 1881. Okay. And we see uh, this this man who is not speaking um you know he's got a, a there's a sick child and the woman tells him that he has to go and and you know go get the medicine to, to save her yeah and you know two days maybe three that's basically how much time they, they've got right and so he goes and he rides and and one thing this show is doing very very interestingly is there you had these moments where it looks a lot like a comic book Mm-hmm. And so all the stuff with the Western stuff, the, these these wide shots look like it could have come, you know, could have been a piece, you know, a really cool illustration in a comic. Wow. And then he runs into a family who, uh, a bunch of people who are who are making the trek west. Yeah. And a guy who won't shut up. Uh-huh. The world's most talkative uh, uh, father. And um, actually, the little boy looks remarkably like Anne Marie's nephew. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I had to huh. sit there and go. No, it's not Amory's nephew. Hmm. So, uh, well, I I have to tell you that I have been so conditioned by the Walking Dead universe mm-hmm. that anytime anything happened on this show, I was expecting terrible, horrible things to happen to those people in every situation. Like right. when he found that when they met that family, I was like, oh, all well, these people are obviously about to be murdered. You know, terrible, horrible, like Dax murdery ways. And then when he, like, any time anything happened, like when the when the guy went upstairs with the prostitute, I was like, oh, he's going to beat the crap out of this prostitute in right. a terrible, horrible way. I just kept expecting it. Like I was sitting on the couch, like expecting a terrible thing to happen, and uh, and it it never did. This show was much more of a slow burn mm-hmm. than misery porn, which helps i need to i need that decompression not to say we didn't have a lot of violence tonight no it was um all the best violence and in fact uh it's it felt a lot like a um 
an Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, how much? How much do you want me to tell you spoilers for the stuff that I know that I'm watching here? Because I mean, um. I can look. I can look at some of the stuff, and I can. I can tell you. I, mean, I can tell you who the who the cowboy is, and I can tell you, you know. Well, I know that he. I I know enough about the comics mm-hmm. that I could kind of infer some certain things. He's the saint of killers, right? He's he? the saint of killers, but he's not the saint of killers yet, right? No, this is this is this is the life he had before. Okay, so uh, I know that much, and I know that the two British martial guys are something. Well, so what's interesting is that they they look like they are going to be a version of. Angels, right? That's what I think they thinking. Maybe they are, and because we what we haven't seen yet is Harry Stark and the the um, the weird Vatican agency that he works for. They these uh, what we what we're seeing here. It looks like we've got some some angelic, and and they don't necessarily look like the angels at all. We don't get a sense of that until. Cassidy basically chops them up into little tiny pieces. And then they show up back at their hotel room. Right. Um, I knew something was weird about those guys when the one guy ate the tea bag, but you're supposed that's that's like an obvious, like, oh, these guys are something. You know. Yeah, so. and it's we all we it's it's hard to it's almost hard to talk about this episode in order. Yeah. Because a lot of what happens the parts you want to talk about don't happen at the beginning it's like everything's the second half of the episode yeah. um but we get to see we get to see jesse go off and try and and be Talks. the preacher that he says he yeah. wants to be he wants to go and he does goes to a house of a girl who's been hurt in some sort of accident it looks like i got the impression that it was like uh maybe something she was thrown from a horse or kicked by a horse because her mom kept mentioning the, you know yeah. her riding again um and her mom is not at all impressed about seeing him yeah, yeah. She's uh, she definitely has no, no. See, at this point, I would have felt like I had fractured into four different me's in four different realities. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, and I was noticing a lot that that the people in Preacherville have not listened to the attorney general's recommendations on cigarette smoke. Oh no! Because this is... literally every person had a cigarette either in their hand or in their mouth. For the entire episode. Well, you're from small town Texas. I I am. Is is this something that you? I mean, this is in many in many ways small town Texas on preacher is sort of a uh, a weirdly I and I don't idealize isn't the right word. Yeah. Well, it's but, the it's the it's the Texas that we have been conditioned to see mm-hmm. that doesn't exist that has never existed. Right. You know. There are small towns where there is still a white clapboard uh, uh, church, and you know the there's you know one street that runs through the middle of town. Mm-hmm. But you know, every you no know, people aren't you know like I people aren't doing the things that they I don't I don't know maybe maybe they are I don't know I've lived in Missouri for eighteen years, Tim. <laughs> but you still go back to Texas. I maybe. do. I yeah. go regularly to a small town. To where a small I grew town. Up. Yes. Well, and it's. This is also the. I mean, this is a very odd town. There's mm-hmm. no question oh, yeah. in this. Is... A lot of people have been mutilated by things in this town. Like, yeah, an inordinate amount of people have been mutilated in some. Well, we've got we've got way. Eugene, who uh, we finally hear why he looks the way he does. Mm-hmm. He, you know, shot in the face, tried to commit suicide. I don't um, think he said that yet. He's just said no. Shot he said head. no. He said that uh, uh, 
uh, Jesse told Cassidy that he tried oh. to commit suicide. Oh. Um, which, which in the comic occurs later. But at this point, if if we were if we were sticking with the comic, we'd still see Eugene the way he looked before the no. shooting because that's much later in the comic. I uh, I think Eugene is it's really interesting, adorable, like just just the cutest little <laughs> like. I I know that I don't necessarily know you're supposed to be like oh oh just stop. No, Eugene is Eugene, Eugene is a very sympathetic character in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, his his disfigurement is actually a lot worse in the comics. It's mm-hmm. much more it's much more disturbing. Uh, but still, uh, no, he's definitely uh, uh, a sympathetic character. Yeah, and I think really there's been so many things here where these characters are are looking right at Jesse and saying, okay. You're not going to change. Every single one of them seems to have that message of, you know, I just need to try, you know, I, you know, it doesn't matter if you try harder, you know, it doesn't matter if you pray harder or any of the things it's, you know, you're not going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, and, and you and I have talked about this before is they're still treating Jesse's religious faith as if it's something that's valuable. I mean, he is, mm-hmm. he's making his good argument for why. You know, he has, right. he believes. And, and I, I, I was live tweeting this episode and, and I even said that in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in uh, one of my tweets, I said something along the lines of Tulip is working under the misconception that Jesse finding faith makes him somehow weaker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a person with a belief system, a faith system, right. I always look whenever I see that. That's one of the things that irritates me the most about The Walking Dead is whenever somebody shows up and they're like, you know, I have a belief system. It doesn't matter what that belief system is. Mm -hmm. Walking Dead consistently tears that down and makes makes the argument that having any kind of belief that you hold on to is makes you into a weaker person. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see how a show like Preacher is going to going to go about this. Well, I can tell you of because ultimately I think this is probably going to be a show that is about exploration of faith. Well, to some degree it is, and I think again it depends on how they take it because in the comic um and this is spoilers for everybody, mm. uh there is there's is no question in the comic that God exists. Mm-hmm. There's no question in the comic that the devil is real. Um there's no question in the comic however that God is on your side because God in the comic is not on your side. Um, mm. And it is, it's a story about, in many ways, it's a story about not having to have faith because you know mm. without, I mean, it's, uh, and well, you, you have proof, but it's, it's the kind of proof that you don't want. Mm. So it ends up being about the individual people and their faith in each other, and their faith in what is right. Um, it's, I'd say it's, it moves a lot from the religious to the humanist, but it also does it in the sense that they are they are demanding of God that God be worth worshiping. Right. And in the comic, that is questionable at best. Mm-hmm. How they handle it here, because while again we we these angels appearing the way they and and we're saying they're angels at this point, we don't you know they could be they could be something else, right? But we know mm-hmm. that uh, um, you know something entered Jesse. It's giving him the power to 
tell people to do things and they do them. Like last episode, the guy who goes down and tells his mom what he thinks and mm -hmm. cuts his own heart out. Uh, here we have a guy who is a potential child molester. Yeah. He hasn't done anything yet. But boy, he wants to. Uh. He wants to bad. And this is the kind of scene where you almost expect Jesse just to beat him. Mm -hmm. And here's Jesse trying to be mm -hmm. the man of God. And so he, you know, the, the guy talks and confesses his sins and mm -hmm. it leaves Jesse in this really uncomfortable position. Uh, and he keeps, keeps seeing the bus drive around through town, yeah. the school and bus. And you can see it wearing more and more on him. He's just like... Every time he sees it, it's it's the the sound, uh, the wheels on the road just crawls up his spine, and you can see it in the way that yeah. the actor whose name I cannot remember moves. It's great. Uh, uh, Dominic. Dominic Monaghan. Yeah. No, Dominic Cooper. Cooper. Yes, thank you. Almost. Well, he and Ruth Nega, who plays Tulip, they're a couple. In, in real, real life? life. Yeah, in real life. Oh. oh yeah. So cool. at the, which may explain some of the chemistry of the two of them. What have. do you know about um, life there? But uh, uh, so okay, when this the scrotum monster shows up, that really messed me up too. Well, like, that's, oh, that's, no, that's creepy. Why no? <laughs> oh. Anyway, so folks, you you get a twofer here. You get the yeah. occasional random Rick and Morty call out. Where I talk about the last time I, you know, the highness that I was having, the alleged, alleged, right? There's no actual. Is there video? No. Are you sure? No. I'm yes. Are you completely sure? What was it? Sorry's house. Oh God, you're doomed. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, think, we, there too. we should have sorry on one of these shows. Oh, sorry, that would be fun. Um, so, so basically, he goes to the house, and he's already discovered to some degree that he has some of the ability. Mm -hmm. He's figured something out, and so he goes to confront um, the guy. And basically, because at the beginning of the episode, he's baptizing people, right? Yeah, he's rebaptizing his entire church, right? And he actually, and and so he baptizes this guy, and now he's like. I'm going to have to do this again. Mm -hmm. And he starts fills to, the water with, with the hot water. The right. Hot. And it's, you're watching the steam rise up and then, and mm -hmm. he starts, you know, pushing the guy's face into the water and telling him to forget her. And at first you don't think that he's going to use the ability. He's just, mm -hmm. he's just, I don't think he knows that he, ha like he knows that he can do something. But, but yeah, he but he hasn't figured it out. What? And then all of a sudden the voice comes out and, and it doesn't quite, I mean, it's 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 enough that the guy knows something was done to him, yes. but he doesn't know what it was, and it scares it scares Jesse. Um, it scares the guy too because now he hasn't he's he can't remember who he's forgetting. Yeah, I have to tell you, the line of the night was, "You can't just come into my house and turn on my tub." Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, that's that's the way that that's supposed um, to be. Well, and and that was actually a really creepy, disturbing scene because Jesse is yeah. clearly there to do the man harm. I mean, yes. it's and for somebody who's talking about how he's trying to be a good person and we're trying to be, you know, you know, I'm here to save you. This is this is the old Jesse. This is the the, the well, we who we've been told about. This yeah. is the Jesse who we've been told who whose first, you know, act is violence. What Jesse doesn't know is that he missed out on an incredible scene of violence yeah. at the church. Because he and Cassidy, who has been hanging around, drinking all the church wine. Yeah, has has moonshined up some sort of business. Yeah, and so he they're talking, and this is one of the discussions we, they have about faith, where Jesse is trying to explain what he believes. And Cassidy's having none of it. You know, yeah. he's, um, and Jesse says, so what's your story? And Cassidy says, I'm a 118-year-old vampire from Dublin City. And... Which, by the way, 
It's true. That's, yeah, okay. that's, spoiler for the comic because we've already established that yeah. he's kind of hard to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, jump what with the jumping out of an airplane thing. Yeah, and the and the eating a cow hole. Right, and the and that the fight fun. on the plane. Um, but here, uh, Jesse passes out. Yeah. Okay. Here's where my problems really, really started oh, because sure. everything's starting to really divide. And every time this happened, I'd be like, "Oh," and then it would happen again, and I'd be like, "Oh," and my sister and sorry are sitting on the couch and they're looking at me, and they're like, "Right, sure. Dustin." What is going on? And I couldn't even speak because, like, at this point, there were too many of me to oh, actually sure. have any kind of conversation. Did I ever tell you the story of the party at the apartment in college where that was the same? It was the first night that we noticed that the smiley face had popped into the old MTV spinning globe logo that uh-uh. they used to have for MTV News. And the friend we had who could get things oh, and yeah. the freak out that happened because none of us had ever noticed a smiley face in the middle of the spinning globe before and suddenly it was there. And now you couldn't, that's all you could see. And there was like, yeah, so. Well, and I actually should mention that we were at Sari's house and Sari's television is like a 57-inch television. Oh, so sure, it takes okay, up yeah. almost an entire wall. And so it was just like right there and I was right there in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um so Jesse, like those guys, are Cassidy. Jesse drinks the moonshine, right? And and he just and he goes over. He goes he, he, over. Well, it's well, a, first of all, first of all, cycle. Cassidy says that he also finds that uh, the Big Lebowski is overrated, which I agree. Right, and it's it's oh, it's I'm mean, a 118 year old vampire um, from Dublin City, um, and and I, I, yeah. I've, I've never enjoyed the Big Lebowski. Yeah, and and so uh, Jesse takes a sip of the stuff and he looks at. Looks at Cassidy and or first Cassidy's like, "Don't do it because you don't want to do it." Right. And so Jesse takes a swig and says, "I like the Big Lebowski." And then he just falls, he just over. falls over backwards. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's if you wanted a good sight gag, if you're mm-hmm. waiting for the comedy sight bit, you know, the the, the we just had it. Yes. Um, and and and, and uh, well, we'll see if this gets bleeped out uh, because he goes, "Nah." It's a sh- movie, yeah. <laughs> and then and then these guys. Then he steals his wallet and keeps. Yeah, he steals his wallet, hops in the car, and he drives away. And, and and we've already established that that Cassidy's trying to leave. He mm-hmm. he wants he wants someone to give him some money so he can get out of there. Right, because um, these these guys are after him. Right, and or at least somebody's after him. And he thinks it's these two, but they are obviously after Jesse. Well, because well, they come back. He comes back because uh, for reasons I don't know. Maybe he likes being around jesse who knows they're cool guys well and, cool and buddy guys and i think well to some degree every time jesse talks to him he gets the impression that he, he lets kind of kind of lets cassidy know that he mm-hmm. likes him yeah and i think that it, the impression i'm getting just from cassidy watching it here is that he's he enjoys the fact that somebody likes his company yeah but so jesse's passed out these guys show up and they've brought some interesting tools. Yeah. First, it's a music box and a coffee can. Right. And by the way, that was a gorgeous music box. And, yes. Uh, uh, and a coffee can. Yes. Right. That's very strange. And, and they, they sing. And, yeah. Well, the one do sings. Some, do some sort of thing. And it doesn't work. And so the other guy's like, okay, well, let's do this. We got to do the hard way. He pulls out a chainsaw. Like you do. Yeah. And, uh, and they're going to do some... Elective surgery. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And Cassidy's like, shows up, and he's like, nope, not. He, well, he says, it's me you want. Because right. he's, he's, of course, thinking that it's it's the guys who are trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And violence ensues. Yes. Um, very bloody violence. 
And I have to say, as a person of faith mm -hmm. who goes to church mm -hmm. almost every Sunday mm -hmm. and and sits in a sanctuary and 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 uses that time to center myself mm -hmm. for the week ahead to process the week that just happened and to center myself for the week ahead sure and really come to come into oneness with my faith right like I spend that time that's what I do in church sure I spend that time you know kind of centering myself and sleeping because my preacher is wonderful but also I have three children and as soon as he starts talking I fall immediately to sleep oh yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I, all those things are true and I watched this episode and watched the scene and I have to tell you there are not enough chainsaw fights in church <laughs> and I am going to talk to Steve Jones my pastor about that and see what we can do about having more chainsaw fights because that was awesome because that was freaking awesome um I, it's hard to describe this except to say that you have one guy with a chainsaw trying to attack um, a, a guy with no chainsaw. A guy with no chainsaw while he's fighting someone where they are beating each other with Bibles oh, yes. and, and hymnals and little pieces of glass. And it's just – Coffee cans. It is a free-for-all it, – it, 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 it's almost slapstick. It's just this side it's of – so freaking brutal. Oh, yeah. It's It's – it's the kind of fight that you look at, and if you think about it for more than a second, I mean, it's a movie fight. Yeah. But they're hurt, they're hitting each other so hard, mm -hmm. and that part of you is registering. No, no, those blows. I mean, everybody has taken way too much punishment. Yeah. And Cassidy, we already know, is is you know a vampire. Right. So, but these other guys, you know, they, they're just, they're just odd mm -hmm. until you know they're taking a lot of punishment. Right, but there's only so much you can do when you've been, you know, chainsawed, yes, or bumbled to death with a hymnal. <laughs> with a hymnal. That was my oh. that was the best one when that when he was just beating that guy with the hymnal. Well, and there is blood everywhere in this church. Yeah, and, and like the look on his face, like he's he's getting beaten to death with a hymnal, and it shows his face, and he like looks over and he's looking at the coffee can, and the look on his face isn't like, oh my god, I'm dying. It's like, oh freak, this again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's almost like that bit, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where you get the, the yeah, the, the, the bowl of petunias, the, the bowl of petunias and the whale. Yeah. Um, so the fight ends basically with the guy with the chainsaw trying to get Cassidy, and Cassidy basically going nah, and he chainsaws the guy's arm off. Yeah. And the chainsaw goes skittering across the floor towards <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Jesse. And Cass like, oh no. And Cassie's gonna scramble up there and pull it down. And then he sits there, and he's got these bodies, you know, the, the blood everywhere, and he can't actually clean it up. Well, he can clean it up, and mm -hmm. he gets it all mopped up, and he gets the body pieces all picked oh. up, and he can't go outside because it's daytime now. Yes. And so where he stashed the big, giant box... Full of dead bodies? Full of dead bodies uh, is... Is uh well, admin lady comes in. Oh yeah. After that, and she's like, "Smells like something died in here." And Jesse's <laughs> all like, "Oh, just just." Uh, can we talk now? Are we ready to have a discussion about the women of preacher? Sure. Because I have fallen in love with Tulip. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just want to sit with her. <laughs> and hold her hands and have her tell me her life story over and over and over again. Or I have great faith they're going to tell us her life oh, story. She's in amazing. This. Ruth Nega, um, for those of you, if you if you followed our Level 117 uh, podcast, she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first season, first and second season. 
Yes. And she actually, I was really, her character was part of a really goofy arc that they, we had a lot of problems with. But she I was always really good. I only saw a couple of episodes of that show. Yeah, she, she was really good. And so her playing Tulip, her playing Tulip was actually fairly controversial, at least initially, because in the comic, Tulip is very white and very blonde. Mm. Um, and those of us who were just excited to have Preacher come to television and to see that, oh, and we're Ru- complete assholes. And, yeah, and Ruth ne- and said, so well, Ruth Negg is a really good actress. Mm-hmm. So we're like, who cares? Yeah. And she has proven herself to be exactly, the, but she is, she is Tulip from the comic. However, however Tulip's going to be, you know, compared to the, however right. she is in the comic, she's Tulip from the comic. All right. She's awesome. But the, yes, yeah, she's, she's really interesting because now she's trying to, to get Jesse to be who she thinks she knows he is. She, who she wants him to be. Well, that too. But she's also looking at everyone around her. Every scene that she's in, she's watching and listening. Yes. And I, I have this thing where I am drawn to kind of angry, bitchy women. <laughs> I you, you know, you've seen my friend selection. I, I can neither confirm nor deny drawn the to accuracy of this. I, I kind of need to be around that kind of Because we care, share energy. a lot of the same female friends. And you know, well, Anne Marie knows who she is. So, um, uh-huh. and so I am immediately like, Tulip is like, that's that's my friend. Oh, that yeah. is someone who is my friend. But here's the thing. Here is the thing. Yes, Timothy Harvey, mm-hmm. admin lady. I'm I the same way. Like I want to sit oh, down yeah. with those two women at the same time and be like, let's have a discussion. Well, admin lady, admin lady is is in many ways, I'm concerned for her because. Yes. Her initial, she is going to be hurt here. She's going to get hurt. I I don't know well, because I, she loves Jesse. Well, I have this this weird. I feel like there's a a hidden strength in her. I I can feel it. I can feel there's more to her than where we're we're being allowed to see. She's. You know, I don't think I think she might be headed down a dangerous path, but I don't think it's going to be the same kind of like, oh, my dear heart was broken. Sure, kind of sure. Well, I don't think she's she's not appearing in in the com. She's, she doesn't seem to have, as far as I can remember, because it's been a while since I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've An read analog the comic. for the comic. Right. right. I don't think she has it, which is great. Um, but she could actually be a character. She could be a version of a character that appears much, much later. Um, but, uh, still, no, I like her too. I think there is, there's actually, uh, there's nobody on this show who mm-hmm. isn't No, everybody's, everybody's just throwing down. Oh, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. We haven't talked about uh, him because one scene, we get some one scene in this and it is just, I mean, so you see this, you see this older couple mm-hmm. and I think I want to say they're, I want to say they look Indian. Um, or uh, Native American, Native American. Thank you. Yes. And they're sitting in front of a. They're sitting in chairs in front of a fireplace. Mm-hmm. And Jackie or Haley is there. He's uh, been Earl Cocannon is the name of the the character. Mm-hmm. And he is there with this like wall of people. Mm-hmm. And he's explaining the benefits of expanding the meatpacking operation, and mm-hmm. just a few more acres allows him to have so many more employees and. And it's just this really bizarre scene. And you're just like, don't, you know, sure, why not? And he asks for, he, he asks his, the guy with him who's got a broken arm mm-hmm. to 
get paperwork. Oh, that's the husband. That's the guy that right. that Jesse beat to in the bar. Which as which he deserved it. Yeah. But he uh, uh, a guy tries to help him after he drops a pen, mm-hmm. who he then beats later in the car. Yeah. So, and that guy will actually show up at the. The whorehouse. Yes. He's the guy that I thought, oh, no, terrible things are about to happen. Exactly. So this entire world just sort of connects. And yeah, all these characters play in the same reality in a way mm-hmm. that is kind of, you, you, you know it's all going to go south. Right. And it's going to be ugly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Horrible things are on their way for all of these people. But it's a, such a, a much more slow, more intense burn than... For The Walking Dead, because when The Walking Dead shows up at a place and there's somebody there, you're like, oh, this person's obviously going to die in five minutes. But with these people, it's like, oh, are these people going to die? How horrible is it going to be? Oh, no, they're sticking around. Oh, God, no. (laughs) I I imagine this is what people who watch Games of Thrones feel like in this at this point in in their lives. Like anytime a new character shows up on that show, I'm sure they're like, oh, I hope I don't like this person because they're obviously not going to last long. Well, and they're certainly going to have that. That's uh, what the the current season of Game of Thrones is off book. I mean, it's it's their own mm-hmm. thing. So I think that that's for the folks who are thinking that maybe Preacher was going to be, you know, and there was and one of the earlier attempts of doing the comic during the the show was going to be each issue was going to be an episode. Wow. Um, and and Garth Ennis said, no, you don't want to do that, and they clearly haven't done that here. Right. But they're also not they're also they're not spoon feeding us anything. Yeah. No, I said the whole time just completely uh, like like I said, I don't know. I don't know. Even though we've just recapped it together, mm-hmm. if I really got what happened tonight, like if I really <laughs> understood it. Well, there's no explanation for the fact mm-hmm. that we 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 watch we watch Cassidy just completely cut, you know kill these guys and chop mm-hmm. them up, and then we see them at the end of the episode sitting on a bed and going, "We're from the government." Right. And we uh, we have no explanation about Earl Kakanen mm-hmm. and his. He was just there for a minute, right? And just just to establish that that by the way we've got we've got Jackie Earl Haley and he's on our show. He's on our show, and he's going to be terrifying later. You just know he's going to be terrifying later because Jackie Earl Haley has never played a character who was not on some level terrifying. I will take I will I will take offense not offense but I will I will point out to you if you have not seen it. Little Children, which Kate Will- Wilson or Kate uh, Blanchett and uh, Luke, no, one of the Wilsons is in. Yeah, Scott. He's the guy who's in The Conjuring. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in that movie, he plays a child molester that just got out of jail. Mm-hmm. And so, so far, okay. You think you think that this is gonna? This is the one he won the Oscar for. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, sure, sure, sure. At first, when you're like, "Oh, this is a child molester just come out of jail," you're like, "You're gonna hate this guy." But by the time, by the at the as the movie progresses, you you become so like you get to feel for him Mm -hmm. in such a good way, in such a way that's like almost uncomfortable, right? Like you have enough. By the time the end of the movie happens and something horrible happens in the movie, you have an affection for this guy, right? And it's. You know, so just it's just on the well, he's a, fan, of him he's a fantastic actor. actor. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. There's no question. I, and I think I heard I didn't ever saw it, but I heard that the problem with the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot is that he did such a, such a fantastic job that you had sympathy for Freddy Krueger. And well, there are several problems with the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. And the, one of the first was that they did cast somebody who you already had established at various points. I mean, one of the one of the um, Robert Englund had a, had a fantastic 
mm-hmm. benefit from being relatively unknown. Right. Um, and at that point, you're not. It, it's you're not supposed to give that character. The character doesn't need sympathy, sympathetic backstory. Uh, that it's like it's like the Halloween reboot. It's right. like you don't need to know Michael Myers' tragic backstory. It actually makes it worse, less well, both worse and and not as cool. So here we are getting no backstories except for everything that Tulip is saying to, to Jesse, and even then we're not getting yeah a full lot. backstory. We know that, and and Jesse even drops a hint because Cassidy asked him, "Who taught you how to fight? Was it your dad?" And Jesse goes, "No, it wasn't my dad." Mm-hmm. And you know, again in the comic, I can t- I can tell you who that was in the comic, and there's there's the the stories that we are getting set up to tell here. Um, we're getting multiple seasons of story here. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying it. There was there were so many moments tonight where it was almost laugh out loud funny, and at the same time very disturbing. We have established some very strange situations here. Um, Cassidy is you know clearly not afraid to to show that he's well he's he's still he's doing going out of his way to hide the fact that he's a vampire right, but he's also not uh, afraid to to. Display the abilities he has when he has to. Right. Uh, Jesse's starting to figure out this extent of his of abilities, although he's still not anywhere near there. Yeah. And at the uh, end of the episode, he goes to the girl who's been catastrophic brain injury, and and says that he he tells her to open her eyes. And I can see like some really oh, creepy just, stuff here. Yeah, monkey's paw kind of. Yeah, that's the that's where I'm going is monkey's paw. She's got brain. I mean, she clearly has brain damage. I mean, there's a they showed they she wear she's wearing a wig and they the mom pulls off the wig and there's a divot in mm-hmm. her head. It is not a small divot. No, the brain isn't designed to really be, you know, right dented in. So uh, so yeah, it, it, it's going to be creepy. And then of course Tulip has got her. Uh, her scam that she's trying to get Jesse roped into. And there's obviously a lot more to that because some of it involves a guy that apparently Jesse did something to previously. Uh-oh. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. But it's, it's a great start to the series. I'm, I'm very excited. And it looks just like so much fun. Yes. So, we will be back uh, next week to do it again. And mm-hmm. if you have enjoyed this, uh, you, please let us know over on iTunes. There, I can't. I can't see how you wouldn't. Tim and I are delightful. We are delightful, um, and hopefully, we are, are moderately entertaining. Um, iTunes, if you could rate it, rate us mm-hmm. over there. Uh, say something nice. You can make a comment. That sort of stuff. We would love to have that kind of feedback because that's the only way we know what, what uh, mm-hmm. you think over on iTunes. If you listen to us on podcast.com, we can actually see how many times we're having stuff downloaded. You can give us comments there as well. We'd love to hear sure. about it. Um, Comment on everything. Like and subscribe and all that. Please do. Oh, yeah. We'd love to Jazz. We'd love to have more subscribers to the podcast. Um, anyway, the you can find us on sci-fi for me and horrorforme.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we post both. on bo- This goes up on both sites. Yes. And, and, and I tweet while Tim doesn't. I don't. I generally don't live tweet because I don't tweet fast enough. Well, you don't tweet at all. I do. In fact, I have. When was the last time you tweeted? I have tweeted and actually tagged you, and you don't retweet me. I'm. I'm very. Oh very right. Hard. Well, you only do it when you're wanting to to do promote things. the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who needs Who needs that business? <laughs> 
Anyway, you do um, the great. Why you should be on Instagram with your weird, creepy hospital photos. I have an Instagram with my weird, creepy hospital photos. Well, why aren't you tweeting those out? There's a little button. You just put the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push yeah. the anyway. button and tweet the, the hospital photos. Uh, I have tweeted out a couple of them. Um, so anyway, folks, you can find us on on Twitter. Yes. And you can follow us on Twitter, and you can follow uh, Sci-Fi for Me and Horror for Me, and both Dustin and I on mm. Twitter. You can find um, I am on Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram too, but my my pictures are just of my dumb kids. Right now, I'm His sure I'll have something else awesome. dumped up there eventually. His kids are awesome. My anyway, kids are awesome. thanks for listening, folks. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. <laughs>